It's the LGBT Chat Podcast, a space for LGBTQ friends and allies to share personal stories, current events, and life endeavors. Hosted by Aida Ramirez. Good morning or good evening, wherever you're listening or whenever you're listening, you're listening to the LGBT Chat Podcast. This is your host, Aida. Joining us today is a special guest, Army veteran, does military shows coast to coast, host of 909 Comedy Interviews, uh, Linda Marcus-Smith. Did I get that right? You did. I've done 909 Comedy Interviews. Oh, so it's not the name of the show. No. <laughs> My bad. Oh, that's okay. That's pretty awesome. 909. That's 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 a very um specific number. One one uh, for each year I've been on earth. <laughs> Nine days. Um that's amazing. That's a that's no small feat. So um so I met you through my fiance yes. and um fellow comedian. Um and I know you've, she's been on your show and I know you've, you've interviewed um, celebrities and stuff like that. Um, tell us a little bit about your shows. Well, when I interview comedians, basically, you know, I'm the kind of person I've met so, so many celebrities in my life. I'm not affected by celebrity status. Everybody's a human. They're all on the same plane. I don't care if you're thinking about doing comedy or you've been in comedy 50 years and you've opened up or headlined at Madison Square Garden. You're a human, you're a comedian. What's your story? Right. And so I just sit down. It, to me, it's like if Barbara Walters was a lot of fun <laughs> with a little bit of Jiminy Glick when I feel like it. <laughs> and I just try to crack them up. Like they give me this. Some of them act like divas, you know, like they, one person, I'll say person, sent me 50 texts the day before the interview. I had to cut her loose. I'm like, you are not a, I don't care what you've accomplished. You don't get to run roughshod over me and drive me Michigana before the show. How how do you think this is going to (laughs) work? So you I, served in the um, in the army. Um, yeah. For for how long? So I joined in June of seventy three, and I got out in May of seventy six. Wow. And um, what what was your um, what did you do there? I was well. I'm part Jewish, so the, of course they put me in the middle of Germany. Oh. <laughs> army intelligence for you and of course uh they put me on a post with 2,000 men and I was the only woman wow and of course they made me the person that was going to be around the money I was a cashier the whole time (laughs) dangerous job (laughs) (laughs) um Linda so how long have you been in comedy eight years um in March how'd you get started doing that do you want the truth or do you want the funny? The funny truth. <laughs> you want both? Oh, my God. This, this is going to cost you. All right. So let me put that together. <laughs> I, you know, some people can't handle the truth because it's pretty serious. Mm. 
Okay, so I'll try to make it funny. So the truth is I was a helicopter mom. There's, okay. I was the world's best and the world's worst, as it turns out. So while I was being a mother, I was a mother and a fa- I was a single mother. The dad was nowhere. I finally divorced him when she, my daughter was four. And I wound up trying to be mother and father and best friend. And it backfired when she was, okay, it backfired because everything was fine till she was 18. And then I got hit by a drunk driver. And when I could no longer continue spoiling her, she couldn't handle it. And she started beating me. Oh, wow. And I took it for 16 years. I was recoup. I got hit by a drunk driver. Wow. I was her patient. She was my caregiver. And any time that I would cognitively make a mistake, there was consequences. And that was either I didn't get fed, didn't get taken to the doctor, or got hit. Wow. One day I woke up, like 16 years later, I woke up and said, I don't know how this train got off the track but you need a year away from me to get help. And I need a year away from you to get strong. So this never occurs again. Well, that was eight years ago. That was the day I called up Aces Comedy Club in Marietta, California, and asked Rocky Osborne if he wanted to save my life. And he said, what are you talking about? And I said, I came to one of your open mics. I'm sure my daughter will never want to talk to me ever again. And I need to have something, you know, bigger than my daughter to hang on to through this. And that's the day I learned how to do comedy. And I went on stage that night. Wow. Linda, we were at a show uh, together this week, uh, Wednesday. Yes. And um, Steve, um, I love Steve. He doesn't know this, but um, he was like the first one to like, um, you know, open his arms up to to Jen and just be like, hey, I don't know you, but like, come on up, you know, like, yeah. just join us. And, um, and so he kind of like opened some, some doors for her here. Um, yep. And and that's pretty awesome. Um, a lot of people don't do that on, with, with strangers, you know, He's very um, but- good that very good. Steve McAnally at Roland Ricks on Wednesday at eight o'clock is the best show in town because that's how he treats <laughs> he treats people like I do. You're all on the same plan. I don't care yeah. what he doesn't care what your credits are. He doesn't care if you think you're funny. He gives yeah. you a chance. Yeah, he does. He, and he's really funny in the process. Um, yeah. And so he opened up with like saying uh, a lot of us are smiling because we don't want to cry. Um, and this just, you know, to just be kind. Um, and it's, it's, it's insane, um, how much, how much fun and laughter and, and help comes from, from, uh, from comedy. Um, and it helps so many people that are going through so many, so many things, um, so many sad things. Yes. Um, it's, it's so, uh, it's a magical thing, comedy. Yes, um, it is. A lot of, um, a lot of the comedians that I've met through Jen have gone, um, are going or, or, or have gone through like crazy or have crazy life stories. Um, so it, it's, it's nice to know that comedy is there for us when um, we can't get, you know, mental health help. 
um, yeah. or, you know, it's, it's pretty cool to know that that's available, there's, an outlet for you, for us. There's such healing power in laughter and comedy. We can heal ourselves. We can heal others. You know, it's just, it's more than just comedy. I know uh, Jen knows Steve Marshall, who's a good buddy of mine. And Steve Marshall does um, laughter for peace or comedy for peace. And he uses comedy as a way to do motivational speaking to colleges to enlighten kids how to navigate through life and keep peace among your relationships in the world. Yeah, we have to celebrate more people like him. Um, but yeah, so so how did you wind up on the East Coast? Were you performing or just out on? So um, I'm a baby boomer and we had a motto in my day, when the going gets tough, the tough get going. So every time life got rough, I just moved like a geographical solution. Why not? <laughs> Uh, every time I have anytime you look at anywhere my daughter went to Fort lived in 14 apartments while I was raising her oh wow you know and it does lift the depression when you move if you think they're the problem and you move and then you move again when you're about 70 years old you go maybe I'm the problem (laughs) yeah my mom I grew up in, in Puerto Rico and it was there nine years. I was born there and I lived there nine years and I can, I can count at least five or six homes that we lived in different homes. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and I, and I, I can see some of those traits in me now, like the whole not being, not wanting to, to stay still. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but it's, it's a powerful thing that recognizing um, where your character characteristics come from and um, being able to like pinpoint like where they come from and like why why you act or why why you behave a certain way yeah Um, and um, and then you can choose to improve or not improve or just you know whatever Um, you know you're talking about something that I'm working on just this week is getting honest with myself like Mm -hmm. honestly how do I look honestly where is my comedy honestly where do I want my comedy to go Honestly, what's it going to take to get there? I mean, we bullshit. Sorry, I don't know if I can say. Yes, you can. <laughs> we, we go through life in denial of so much because we don't want to face the pain. But if you're brave and you look in the mirror, metaphorically, and you get honest with yourself, that's when you're going to have some major breakthroughs. Yeah. Yeah, I looked in the mirror this week, Linda, and I saw five grays on my eyebrow. <laughs> Welcome to my world. Uh, yeah, so that's where I am. <laughs> totally. Oh, my God. Uh, so uh, of all these places you've lived in, which do you favor the most? Are you, like, comfortable in the West Coast? Well, I'm here in Vegas. And but my heart is always in New York. I wish I could live there, but I can't mm. afford like a broom closet. <laughs> and I don't yeah. standing up, you know. But if I could, if I could sleep standing up and have a broom closet for mm, seven hundred a month, <laughs> that's what I'm paying here. Yeah, you can't even get a bedroom there for seven hundred a month. Not in the city, at least. No, um, and I don't want to live nowhere, but like 
the East Village, Greenwich Village. You know, yeah. I want to live in the coolest places. <laughs> exactly. We um we know a comedian in New York. I think he's from like the Midwest somewhere and he's living in like somebody's like office. Like that's where he sleeps because he can't afford anything else, but he loves it there. Um and we're paying we're paying the same thing for a three bedroom house. Uh, garage backyard that we were paying for a basement one bedroom apartment in New York. Um, so that tells you wow. <laughs> how expensive things are in New York. Now, now Jen knows my my old comedy coach landlord George Saltz. Do you know George too? I do not. Um, you know, I just tag along like a groupie, but <laughs> I don't have the brain power to like memorize and, and retain people's names and the, you know. the old guy in upstate new york no oh, no no clue <laughs> okay well she, she he adores her all he ever talks about is jen 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 Aww. he adores her oh yeah she's mentioned a george is, is this george that lost his wife yep uh, okay yeah and he started doing comedy i think like soon yep. after yep. yeah yeah she's spoken about him She's spoken about him a lot. Um, so Linda, so you're working on your interview. You have 909 interviews. So what's next? Or are you, how long are you pursuing this for? Okay. So I'm 71 years old. Okay. And I, I'm Jewish. So I'm going to live to 120 just to make you guys suffer. You thought okay. you like to suffer. We like to inflict pain. <laughs> so I'm going to live to 120 or tomorrow, whatever, something in between. But uh, so I'm going to be giving away in my will all my interviews to, I don't know if you know, Heather Lerman of SOS Comedy. Uh, she's starting to do interviews. Her first interview was Tom Cotter and uh, some other guy. I can't remember. His name. <laughs> He's kind of arrogant. I could care less. But um, two big guys like Tom Cotter. Uh, and Gary Goldman, she, those two guys were her first interview. And so Vanessa Hollingshead gives her interviews to do. And so she's going to rise to the top of interviewing because her first interview was two heavy hitters. So I'm going to let her have all my interviews when I die. In the meantime, I'm just going to keep doing what I do, interviewing everybody evenly. And, uh, Try to leave a legacy that, um, you know, I care about the comedy community and I want everybody's stories documented. That's that's amazing. Is this what you um, share on your podcast also or is that a separate thing? Do I share what I'm doing? Like what my the goal interviews? Do you share your interviews on your podcast or is this a separate thing? Like your podcast, do you do something else other than interviews? Oh, on my podcast. It comic spot is just comedy interviews, but okay. I also sometimes go live and let musicians or artists or there was an NBA basketball player, Kermit Washington, that was incarcerated. And when he got out that day, I got an exclusive first interview of him about being falsely accused and then getting out, mm -hmm. you know, and like I'll do human interest stuff, but mostly you know, it's comedians and their stories, club owners, bookers, agents, you know, um, 
anybody in the business, like if you manage talent, I want to hear, I want you to come on and tell comics what they need to do and what they're doing wrong and what you like and don't like, you know, like let's get the comedians don't know what to, how to act when they send off (laughs) material. (laughs) You know, we have ADD, HDD, we have it all and depression and not enough Prozac. Tell us what to do. Tell us how to behave. (laughs) Linda what do you enjoy the most um, when you perform well I love performing so when I'm performing in my mind the audience isn't who they are they're my family that was really sad that I used to try to make laugh so I go in with the same energy it took to get my parents survived the holocaust oh wow So they were always staring off into space. There was always a really bad mojo, like depression. And I would always be goofy trying to get them to be in the moment and just laugh. And that's That's amazing. That's where my funny came from. And I have to tap into that when I'm on stage. And that's my goal. My goal is if I could make my Holocaust parent, surviving parents, laugh and be in the moment then any stage is a piece of cake. I think I heard something similar from, I think it was Sarah Silverman who was describing the same kind of um, thing happening in her home where like, it was always like serious, um, sad kind of thing. And she was always trying to just be, you know, make everyone laugh and smile. And Yeah. Um, yeah. I've heard that from Sarah too. You know, uh, my dad had a habit of dumping all this holocaust crap on me as a kid like i needed that baggage right and so <laughs> but i mean put me to bed he'd tell me stories of the holocaust were my bedtime story you guys heard grim fairy tales but you don't know grim till you had my dad's holocaust that was grim very wow. grim <laughs> yeah a lot of powerful stuff there he um you know, I, I mean, what do you do? You know, what else can you do with all that, you know, load? I make jokes. Survive of something. <laughs> like, well, as I a comedian, yeah. My dad, you know, I t- always tried to make my dad and my mom laugh, you know. And so um, one of the things that oh, I was going to say something, I forgot what it was. Oh, well, never mind. <laughs> Don't get old. That's the point. Don't get old. I should do motivational speaking. Don't get old. Listen, I, I go into the kitchen for something. I come out with something else. I don't remember what I went in for. And then I'll remember like two days later, like, this is why I wanted to go in that drawer. Yeah. No, I know. I love doing comedy, but I don't like all the drama in every scene. There's drama because mm-hmm. well, we're humans. And, you know, like, I don't like all the invalidating going on. Like, you're not really a comedian if you're not doing this or that or this mm-hmm. or that. Ah, oh, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I I think the first couple of months, uh, I'm speaking for Jen, but, you know, I, I, I see her struggle. So mm-hmm. I can speak for what I see. When we first moved here, we thought, okay, well, you have a, tons of experience. You produce shows in New York. You, um, you know. So it can't be that hard. Oh, boy. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure like COVID didn't make it any easier. 
Um, but it just seemed like it was like a big boys club here, um, wherever we went, you know, um, I feel like now she's getting in somewhat, but um, it's not the same as New York, for sure. Um, so in that aspect, I think we can both say that we miss New York, too. Um, Linda, do you do you um, see yourself like staying here in, in Vegas for a while longer or are you moving? <laughs> Where are you headed? Did I lose you? Uh, I guess while well, we get her back. Um, so I, again, I met Linda through, um, through Jen and she's always said very nice things about her. So I thought, you know, this is a great person to, to share with our community. Um, we're always open to, um, to our comics and, and to the people that make part of this, you know, this thing we call life. So we wanted to, have the last thing I was asking you was, um, do you see yourself like living out here or moving anytime soon? So I love it here in Vegas in a lot, a lot, a lot of ways. But if I could ever find somebody that would promise to let me have like a rent control thing that's not going to skyrocket, I would be in New York, in Manhattan in a heartbeat. Uh, so you don't mind the cold weather? No, <laughs> I'm from Oregon. Oh, no. I'm from the Upper West Side of the U.S. map. I've always wanted to go to Oregon. People tease tease me about the way I say Oregon. Is it Oregon like a bad thing or like did I say it the wrong way? No, there's two ways to say it. Oregon or Oregon. Mm. Doesn't matter. <laughs> Is it because you're gone after a <laughs> war? <laughs> <laughs> Origami. <laughs> I don't know. So Linda, um, what else do you want to share with us before we wrap it up? I want to be really serious about LGBT things. Okay. This is the LB, what is this? LGBTQ chat? LGBT chat, yeah. Well, I'm an old lady. <laughs> you don't look it, Linda. You don't look it. Thank you. And I've seen a lot of shit go down in my lifetime of the way that quote unquote normal people talk behind your guys's backs or to your faces or hold you back and I'm so sorry for such a freaked out world that has become better and better but they're still not there yet and I'm so sorry for all the double takes or all the put downs or all the stupid looks people give you or the dumbass things children have said I just am so sorry for all the needless pain your entire community has had to face because of stupidity and I don't mean to shit on baby boomers but holy crap <laughs> and the parents of baby boomers our parents were the most homophobic my mother wouldn't let anybody who was gay in her tavern in Portland, Oregon, and got away with it. And everybody knew it. She also wouldn't let people of color in or fat people. You know, like she went through the Holocaust and became a Hitler of her own. Oh, wow. And so I know what I'm talking about. I, I've lived through it. I never liked it. I stood up to it. My whole life, I've stood up against hate for blacks, for Jews, 
for anybody who's being treated like they're not a equal human. And I'm so sorry for how people who happen to have a, a different, cho not choice, a different uh, place in life have been treated incorrectly at best, have been mm -hmm. abused and treated like cattle, you know, or treated like dogs, inhumane treatment of your community. I'm so sorry. And I've not been a part of it. But I remember the days, I remember the days in school where, you know, if somebody, you know, the flick of the wrist and if you were, you wearing yellow on Thursday, that means you're gay, you know, and like it was always, you're gay, you know, you're not ever, wow, you're gay, you know, mm -hmm. that's gotten better, but holy shit balls. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry for how other people have treated your community. Thank you, Glenda, for that. Uh, it, it's why I always um, dislike when people say, I wish things would go back to the way they were or things are not the way they used to be before. And I'm like, thank the fucking Lord. Excuse my language. Excuse my French. You know, but thank heavens that things aren't the way they used to be. Um, you know, and I feel like that's a ge generational thing where everyone that grows up says things aren't the way they used to be. And of course, because we're, we're learning, we're growing, we're expanding as a community, as a society. So that's not a bad thing. Um, but thank you for saying all those kind words. Yes, you're welcome. You know, it doesn't matter what somebody is or what their life choices are or what they feel they identify. I don't care if somebody identifies as a frog, you know, whatever <laughs> it does. You're a human. You have a right to whatever the hell you want to think, feel, you know, like maybe I want to start identifying as a frog, you know? Like, and what, and people are going to have an opinion about that? No, fuck people. <laughs> um, I'll leave you guys, um, Linda, if you have nothing else to add, I'll leave you guys with um, the quote of the day. Uh, being humble means recognizing that we are not on earth to see how important we can become, but to see how much difference we can make in the lives of others. And that's by Gordon B. Hankley. Um, and I think you've reminded us of, you know, how, how much difference you can make in the world um, out of like a bad situation that came to you, you know, and you, and you made such a great thing out of it. Um, you started in comedy, uh, you've interviewed people, and, and I'm sure you're making, you know, a difference in our community and our society. So we thank you for that. Thank you. I started um, interviewing, I'll just say this, like in within 60 seconds, <laughs> I, the pandemic... Harvey's Comedy Club in Portland, Oregon, let me th interview 37 headliners. And then I came to Vegas and like nobody gave a shit. So I just got on Zoom one day when the pandemic hit and I thought, I'm fucking depressed. So let me see how Miss Arkansas is doing. So I got her up on Zoom. She was fucking depressed. So we talked and it lifted both of our depression. So that's mm -hmm. why I started inviting people that were comedians because oftentimes we want to kill ourselves when there is no pandemic. So mm -hmm. I wanted to check in on people. You know, I was kind of like the Gladys Kravitz of Bewitched, wanting to see <laughs> if everybody was okay. <laughs> you and, know? and that's what we needed. That's exactly what we needed at the time. Thank um, you. People would just check in on us. So thank you for doing that. Um, where do we find you, Linda? How do we, how do we reach out to you or find your comedy or your performance? Well, I, do, I hate being ignored, but I put on prom <laughs> gowns 
and and fuck me pumps and i'm a street walker in las vegas and i like i go up near those ladies with those angel wings showing <laughs> their <laughs> showing their everything and i push them away and make people take a picture of me um it's all about me no uh you can follow me on social media at linda marcus smith facebook instagram tiktok and uh then also i'm uh my website's brand new but it's got my electronic press kit it's a work in progress Shh, don't tell anyone <laughs> but it's there it's there i used a template so it's got some clothing on it from the template i don't know how to get rid of it so if you know, anybody knows how to get rid of it let me know but anyway my website is www.comedybylindamarcusmith.com my YouTube is comedian Linda Marcus Smith because I like to mix it up. <laughs> <laughs> I will add all those um, links to our show notes so you guys don't have to worry about having to write it down. You just click and it'll direct you to all her um, all the information she just shared. Thank um, you. Thank you so much for making time for us. Um, I really appreciate you. It's your turn for both you and Jen to come on my show and plug this podcast and anything <laughs> else you want to plug just you know like don't bring anal beads because i don't want to plug that but you can plug <laughs> <laughs> okay <laughs> i don't even know if anal beads plug your anus so you're safe with me you can bring thank them you if you so want. much <laughs> okay <laughs> love, love you love you too thank you so much okay. bye bye until every until next time guys happy trails Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the LGBT chat. Don't forget to subscribe. And remember, the grass is always greener where you water it. Till next time.